0: Christy, a Trekkie till I die. And I'm Kitty, trained in the ways of the Jedi. Grab
1: a cup of Earl Grey. Or a mug of Andorian ale. And join us in our mission to seek out new life and new lessons from from Star Trek. Hey, welcome back. Today, we are going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 3 of Star Trek The Next Generation, The Naked Now. Ooh, Ooh. The Naked Now. It's saucy. <laughs> it's so saucy. All right, so the start date is 41209.2, and the USS Enterprise is sent to rendezvous with the SS Tsiolkovsky after a series of strange messages from the research vessel leads Starfleet to believe that something has gone terribly wrong with her crew. Um, I'm
0: thinking yes on yeah. the terribly wrong. I think so.
1: So upon arrival, they hail the Silkovsky and are greeted by a seductive female voice that first makes some very interesting suggestions. She sure does. What'd she say?
0: She asked if there was any pretty boys on board
1: Mm. and that she was willing and waiting. Girl. They were about to have a big blowout. Mm Mm-hmm. So she promises this blowout and as she's speaking, the Enterprise crew hears this chaotic chorus of voices in the background laughing and shouting and making merry in general. And then suddenly, the deafening roar of an emergency hatch being blown open. So Riker and company beam over to investigate and find the entire crew dead. All seemingly due to their own unfortunate choices. Many are naked and frozen. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, and others have been blown into space. The ship is littered with the aftermath of what appears to be, I don't know, the party of the century? It sort of reminded
0: me of, you know, those bad B movies where they're showing a frat house after oh, a party. Oh, the
1: frat house parties. Yeah.
0: yeah Why that, is that, though? I don't know. <laughs> so gross.
1: It is gross. So soon after this bizarre encounter, the Enterprise crew begins to exhibit the same intoxication-like symptoms and the same poor judgment, unfortunately, and they find themselves in a race against the clock to find the cause and a cure before they are annihilated by a giant rock or perhaps each other. So, what do you think about the show in general? This is your second show that you've watched. It is. It is. Um, I can
0: say that I feel like the cast as a whole came together more Mm -hmm. in this episode. Maybe it was just because it was more of a lighthearted episode, but I do feel like the relationships are more cohesive. So the dynamic is better within the cast and they're more believable as shipmates and, you
1: know, crew. I agree. 100%. Compared to Farpoint, I think there's a marked difference. They're light years away. Light years away. (laughs) Very good. Went to the light, yes. <laughs> Okay, so, um, yeah, the cla- the cast did seem to click better. I think that it was probably a good move on the part of the writers to do something that was a little silly and fun, which just definitely was silly and fun. Wasn't yeah. a whole lot of serious things going on. And it gave them a chance to, you know, kind of let their hair down, so to speak. True. Get to know each other. True. Yeah, I did like that a whole lot more. I thought that
0: uh, it was... It was just, it made it easier to watch. It wasn't so stilted. The dialogue wasn't, didn't seem forced. It was just sort of a willy-nilly. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Indeed. All right, so one thing that uh, is a wait what moment for me oh, yeah. was, okay, so right after the way team gets back and they have investigated and found all these people frozen and naked, the captain does a supplemental log and he says uh, that he's concerned about being in such close orbit to this star that's changing from a red supergiant into a white dwarf star, so I don't know how that really happens. I've never been able to witness that myself, but I'm imagining that there's going to be some type of explosion at some point, point. Yeah. and you don't want to be very close to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My question, my wait what moment is, okay, Captain, if you know that this is inevitable, why would you wait for Data to download all that information and figure out exactly when that might happen instead of just locking on to the Silkovsky and moving out of the way true story like I I do like that follow your gut yeah
0: yeah but of course my wait what in that instance would have come a little earlier in the fact that that message that they got from the ship Mm -hmm. with the the little sultry voice Mm -hmm. and the apparent party going on in the background and then the explosion I'm like um no I'm just gonna pass that's gonna be a no from me dog y'all take care of yourselves
1: isn't there another ship
0: handy? Yeah. Yet? Yeah. Starfleet? I, and, you know, I would be afraid <laughs> that, that I'd go over there one. and be accosted or molested. So, you know. Yeah.
1: Not good. No. All right. So, another wait what for me, besides the why don't we just move the ship thing. Yeah. Is Riker and Data investigating this whole infection thing. Mm-hmm is it an infection they literally say in the script that it's not an infection but then later on they say it is an infection then they call it a virus or the is it a virus or
0: what did they call it water poly water intoxication Polywater
1: intoxication but okay.
0: my thing is if it's not an infection and it's not a virus why it is contagious? it a poison like they're trying to build an antidote they're, they have to be cured from it so so is it, it like the flu shot i mean is this like the drunk flu.
1: It's the drunk. They flu. They got the
0: influenza type D. D drunk. Drunk
1: influenza. And what? How's it contagious? I've never gotten intoxication from anybody. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I might have, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> no, I agree. I don't. The flu is airborne, and this apparently is passed by touch and it doesn't matter if you're touched through your clothes, which that's a wait what for me, because I'm like, I get people being infected by skin to skin touch, but also people are being infected by skin to clothes touch. Mm -hmm. So this like a
1: super bug. Wrecker and Dr. Crusher, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's another wait what for me. I mean, why do you go in there and like feel up on your (laughs) doctor's (laughs) shoulder anyway? I'm calling HR, (laughs) number one. (laughs) yes that is not cool i'm feeling sexually harassed i am all right so what else is happening so jordy is the first one to exhibit any signs and he gets hot and mean and snarky in the sick bay yeah and later on he's in the sick bay and then dr crusher loses him he takes off his comm badge and he and he wanders off he's the wandering junk We all have those friends. We know that we know this person. Yeah. Yes. The wandering drunk. When you're responsible, you're the designated driver, and then you lose your drunk person.
0: Yes, and that's terrifying. It is. And frustrating, and it kind of makes you want to choke him out and judo chop him in the throat.
1: I agree. So sorry, Jordy. We're, yeah. So we're coming looking. For, we're coming looking for Jordy now, <laughs> and we find him, in the observation lounge. Yes. Tasha finds him. Yes. Let's talk about that. Yeah, um,
0: he is longingly staring out into space. Um, and now, you know, he's sort of, at first he was the mean drunk, and then he was the wandering drunk, and now he's sort of the sad, the sad sack
1: drunk. drunk. <laughs> he is the sad drunk.
0: He's like manic.
1: You know, and it's it was weird to me. Tasha com, comes in there, and she's trying to have this conversation with him. We've been looking all over for you, and, and he says, Help me, Tasha, and she's like, "I'm security." She said something like that. I'm security off. I'm a security officer, and he's like, "But please, just help me." And she's like, "Yes, helping is more important." <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm like, "Well, duh, Tasha." I I,
0: I just wonder. Is more <laughs> you made me stutter there for a second. I just wonder if um, maybe her change in attitude came from what he said, which was. basically help me navigate the wild things happening in my mind Mm -hmm. Um, and you know because he was acting like there were things going on in his mind that he didn't necessarily want to
1: do or he couldn't process yeah 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 because we have to remember this drunk virus wasn't just any kind of intoxication it was like really a lot worse than what you would get from alcohol intoxication so there's no telling what was going through his head right right obviously some stuff had happened or the Tsiolkovsky would would not have a bunch of frozen naked people in it. True. So it's kind of terrifying. Why do people get naked when they get drunk? I guess it's a matter of inhibitions being compromised whenever you're intoxicated. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah I mean but that begs the question more does alcohol or being drunk effectively lower your inhibitions and allow you to act on what you otherwise wouldn't or is it just an excuse to do what you want without consequence I think possibly
1: a little of both maybe you think you know, I do I mean I think that in my opinion whenever you imbibe a little too much and you have a little bit too much in your system yeah it impairs that part of us that that it does have control and we think more about we start internalizing everything. Everything's about us. We're thinking about what we want, what we want to say, what we're thinking, uh, what we want in general, and it becomes less about others. So we're, it kind of makes people egocentric, and you notice that in your different types of drunks. Yeah, It's usually about them. And so the one thing that makes humanity beautiful is that we have a compassionate way about us, that we are concerned with others about their well-being, and alcohol breaks that down. So you get... Situations that are more dangerous. You're not concerned about your own safety or the safety of others, like getting behind the wheel of a car when you're drunk. Um, Wandering off. You know, you're the crime podcast listener. Yes. (laughs) So we know that alcohol leads to some stuff. Yeah, it does. Right? It does. So words are spoken that you don't mean and that you can't take back. Actions are taken that you don't mean and you can't take back. And we do things we'd never do. I find that um, it
0: feels like people are very emotion-led in the instance where they are drunk Mm -hmm. there it's all about their emotions how they feel and so they're acting out how they feel Mm -hmm. but that begs the question is that your truest self you know without your moral compass there to shut it down Mm -hmm. are you just doing and saying what you actually think or is it you know sort of this waterfall of emotion where one builds to the next builds to the next builds to the next and and pretty
1: soon you're spilling out things that you would never truly think or say mm-hmm. and i think so i mean i think that that a lot of the things that maybe you would say and do whenever you're inebriated are your deepest hidden thoughts and emotions minus a governor yeah that's good you have like no breaks yeah <laughs> your emotions have no breaks right right definitely yeah there's no kill switch and this is why i don't really drink if i do it's very minimal yeah you know i we've all been younger and we've all probably live that life at some point. If you haven't, kudos to you, if you've never been drunk. But I never want to feel like that.
0: No, I, I, I don't, don't enjoy the
1: loss of control. Yeah. yeah. Um I don't I can't do
0: that. I do recall a time in my life where a loss of control was exactly what I wanted. and mm-hmm. um, because maybe my reality at that point was not bearable. Yeah. So you always are looking for an escape. Right. And basically the escape is to lower the inhibitions, lower the guard, and just be who you are mm-hmm. without fear of consequences. Right.
1: And with maturity comes, I think, yeah. the thought and idea that, hey, you know, I, I shouldn't try to escape it. I should try to fix it. Yeah. do Take the steps necessary to fix my situation and change it and do yeah. something different. And you know, back when I was younger, that that didn't really occur to me. I just wanted to have fun, right. Or escape, or you know, forget, or whatever. Because
0: whatever. inevitably, the next day you're faced with not only what did I do, what, what have you escaped, <laughs> what did I say? but what did you do, what did you say, how did you act? That remorse and regret
1: yeah, it has, is real. It is real. And there, I mean, there was times that I had to patch friendships. Yeah, and that's not fun. No. Whenever you've done something or said something. Made a fool of yourself whatever it was and you have to now fix it
0: yeah and and you know certainly doing it at work oh yeah we <laughs> that don't begs think... the response of how do you go to work the next day look your co-worker in the eye knowing full well what happened the night before whoo
1: that is not a good look on anybody no no it's not and you know Fortunately, I've never driven drunk. And you know, this is a very real everyday happening. People get behind the wheel drunk because their inhibitions are lowered and they want to get home and that's all they can think about and they're too drunk to know that they're too drunk to drive. Yeah. And you know, you could wake up one morning and find out that instead of making a friend mad or something like that, you've killed you've them. killed someone. Yeah. So, don't Realty. drink and drive, folks. That's just dumb.
0: Don't don't be tipsy and drive. No. Just
1: don't. Just don't. Just go home. If you need to get drunk, go home. Right. Hey, and we've got Uber now. True. There's there's a lot of other options. And Lyft. There's no excuse for putting yourselves or others at risk. True. All right, so that's serious enough. (laughs) It is. It is. What about the different types of drugs?
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay. So we've got so, a lot of them in here. Yeah, we do. So I did some research on this, okay. and I actually looked up the 10 different drunk personalities, oh, and I want to see if you can um, match them.
1: All right, let's see. So Great. we have the happy drunk. The happy drunk. Oh, that's Shimoto by far. He's over there playing with some isolinear chips <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yes, and then we have the sloppy drunk. The sloppy drunk. Were
1: we thinking about Deanna, maybe?
0: I don't know. I don't know if she's I really had sloppy. one. She's sloppy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, none of them were really sloppy. The sentimental drunk. Ah, uh, Jordy. The infantile Oh, wait a drunk. minute. Well, hold on. <laughs> Let me backtrack that because <clears throat> I think Deanna, she sh- showed signs of the sentimental drunk because she, <laughs> well, oh wait, hold on. I got another wait, what? Yeah. All right, so she goes to engineering where Riker is and she's like, Bill, <laughs> and I'm like, Wait, wait what? what? Who's Bill? Who's Bill? <laughs> His name is Will, and she knows this. But I mean, hey, it's their—you know—second it's their second show. Yeah. So I'm sorry I had to do the wait. Wait. So the she first. was kind of a sentimental drunk.
0: Yeah. Okay. Who are you thinking of? Um, the sentimental drunk. I think I was thinking of her. Okay. Uh, the infantile drunk. Uh, I, I think that's Shimoto. Yeah. yeah. The violent drunk, which I didn't really see. No, Jordy verged on it at the very yeah. beginning. Maybe it's because you have it too hot in here. Yeah, or it could have been the crew from the other ship because they actually, number one, got all sucked all the heat out of the ship into space because everybody was too hot, <laughs> and then they blew the hatch and effectively killing everyone on board. Mm-hmm. Okay, next um, the touchy feely drunk. Touchy-feely drunk. Let's see. Oh, that's Tasha. Yeah, I think Tasha too.
1: The oh, naked sorry. drunk. The naked Everybody <laughs> on the freaking Yes. They're all the naked yes. drunk. Yes. And frozen. The broken drunk. Broken as in like,
0: it's the one, I can't handle life. Um, broken. Yeah, the broken drunk just sits by themselves, drowning in
1: their feelings.
0: Oh, that they, would be Jordy in yeah. the observation
1: lounge. She's like... Yeah. yeah,
0: but I Aww. think this next one fits shorty to a T, and it's the manic drunk. And the manic drunk <laughs> somehow manages to be every other kind of drunk there is, <laughs> all in
1: one night. Oh, uh, so well. That the question remains: What kind of drunk was Picard? And what kind of drunk was Doctor Crusher or Wesley? Because they were all kind of. Wesley, I think, was the happy drunk. He was a happy yeah. drunk. He was like, "Hey, Captain." yeah um, and oh he called him skipper too That yes oh, that was cute. <laughs> skipper
0: picard i think was um more of a not touchy-feely but in that same realm because he oh, was gosh. a little flirty and, and his laugh what, was that, the, <laughs> <laughs> what the heck was like
1: what uh, what just that? happened what just happened and when he comes into sickbay and he leans yeah. over on the desk he's like Beverly. I was like,
0: (laughs) hold up, Captain. Mm -mm. We're back to calling HR. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think Riker was the professional drunk and he- The one that can hold their
1: liquor and you don't even know they're drunk.
0: No symptoms. Mm -mm. He's an alcoholic. He's an alcoholic. Now we know. We're watching you, Will. We know what you got going on, number one. Yeah. That's funny. So that was the ten different personalities of a drunk. Oh, I think I've met them all.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes interesting things that I found were some conditions that make one appear drunk yeah and you know some of them I was aware of like diabetes um, mm-hmm. back in my policing days we were taught to make sure that we're not necessarily dealing with a an, an intoxicated driver but it's possible that you could be in a diabetic episode right and you'll have uh, the sweet smell of alcohol on your breath mm-hmm. uh, disoriented slurred speech sweating sweating mm-hmm. And it looks very, it mimics um, intoxication nearly to a T, and you've got to be very careful, check for medical bracelets, bracelets and stuff. Yeah. So there's one that I knew about, but you know, something that I didn't think about, Alzheimer's, you know, because you're- um, um,
0: Confusion. Confusion. Yeah, um, and, and maybe a loss of coordination, mm-hmm. um, stroke. Stroke is another big one that you can have slurring of speech, loss of coordination, mm-hmm. um, you can have sweating you
1: basically a lot of confusion Mm -hmm. so or someone with um, either muscular sclerosis epilepsy or a traumatic brain injury those can mimic some symptoms too you may not have all of them but you would have some and then this one called simply ataxia yes which in the Greek means lack of order and there's like ten different types of ataxia Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was interesting. I had never heard of it, of it, but I looked it up, and I was like, huh, that's, it's interesting. It's it, caused by different stuff. Yeah,
0: it is interesting. It's just, um, I guess, further goes to show you can't make assumptions on people because you don't know what's actually happening. Right. You know, um, epileptics could have a seizure and be postictal, and that you either are very zonked or sometimes coming out of that state and become you know almost like a drunk mm-hmm. and it's through no fault of their own you know there there's nothing that they did it's just something that's happening to them in right. their brain so and you know i think kind of mimics this poly water intoxication because this is you know you got it by touch and <laughs> you have no the, through no fault of your own you are now acting wicked
1: bad okay speaking of acting wicked bad let's talk a little bit about tasha oh first Bouncing Let's talk bow, about bow. going to uh Counselor Troy's quarters. Counselor yeah. Troy finds her in her quarters. Yeah, do we not have locks on the door? That's what I want to know. Hello. I know I mean I get it. It's the 24th century. It's utopian society. Everybody trusts everybody. Well, apparently that's not a good idea because now someone's in my quarters trying on my clothes. Clearly
0: not. And I don't know, know that I would, would that. do well with that because I have trust issues. <laughs> I need to lock my doors.
1: Yeah, what did Troy say to her? She's like, I sense something is um, troubling you. Well, you think? Yeah, she's a little drunky drunk. Yes, she is. And she wants some scarves. (laughs) And she wears some scarves later. And you know what, in all this time, and I know you don't know this because you haven't watched Mm. the whole series, I don't ever remember there being a ship's store. Because she says she's going to go to the ship's store. I mean, but surely there has to be. I guess. They have replicators. Isn't that what replicators are for?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I'd be replicating yeah. me some boots. Because yeah. I,
0: yeah. She, I mean, she does get a little snarky when Deanna tells her, I'm I'm sorry. Which this is Deanna, not for you. <laughs> yes. This
1: is not your style. This is not for you.
0: I mean, that's kind of heifer. Yeah. Don't tell me that's not my style. I can make it work. I can.
1: Speaking of style. I can wear a scarf in my hair. <laughs> I want to talk just a minute about. Deanna's hair jewelry. Oh. Because I mean this doesn't last. This is a, for a short time only. I think we should bring it back. Oh no. Mm-hmm. It's kinda of like a fascinating.
0: I'm one. gonna go ahead and say no. That's a no from me. I don't like the hair That's jewelry. That's a no. We we don't need hair we have it's called a barrette. <laughs> um we have some shiny jewel bobby pins. She has the barrette
1: to end all she
0: up. certainly does, but hers is more like a headdress. <laughs> And I'm thinking that might be offensive in today's society. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it, may be. it may be. So Tasha, let's see, Tasha go, leaves Troy's quarters and apparently is on her way to the ship's store. Meanwhile, Wesley is going to see his mom in sick bay with his neat little experiment. Yeah, but not
0: before Jordy visits Wesley and infects oh, him with the virus. He does indeed,
1: yeah. yes. Oh, speaking of. Why was Jordy in Wesley's quarters? Why was Jordy in Wesley's quarters? Door locks, people. See, see, more about the locks. Door locks. And we've got this neat little voice box that Wesley has made oh, yeah. to mimic the captain's
0: voice. But all I think all that comes back to he's sort of hurt that the captain won't allow him
1: on the bridge and he doesn't understand why. So, so he's living in this little fantasy yeah. land and on the side where he so, can have the captain order him to take charge of the ship. Yes, yeah, see, so he gains the captain's approval right. in in his little box of dreams and nightmares. Fan- yes, his little fantasy world. And you know, I'm with Jordy on this. It's a good thing you're on the captain's side, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, he was at the moment. We find out later yeah. that it's a little different. But, alright, so Jordy gets hot. It gets so hot in her yeah and then wesley goes to see his mom with his little contraption and she doesn't have time for him so she's like she's like i need you to go
0: back to our quarters and stay there because there's something going on with the ship and um he's like well you're stunting my (laughs) emotional growth or something (laughs) like that i'm like boy (laughs) boy i will stunt more than your emotional growth
1: get to getting grounded get grounded it didn't work, though. He didn't, no, go, he didn't go home. He
0: never went home. No, he did not. He never went home.
1: So as he's on his way to what we later find out is engineering to take over the <laughs> right? ship, Tasha is strolling through the corridor.
0: Oh.
1: Good
0: She's round. on the prowl. There's she, no stroll. No. That, she is strutting it something. like she's about to drop something hot. Like it's not. It's not, um, not does, ladylike. Apparently she does. If She sees someone and is like, hmm. Why not? And sticks
1: her tongue down his throat. Yeah, and he's got to an answer to her the next day. So <laughs> yes. I'm, um, Again. no boss. That's the walk of shame. It is the walk of shame. So that was, I was like, Tasha, stop. Scandal. It is scandalous. So Wesley sh- shows up in engineering. Yeah. And he uses his voice box to order everybody somewhere else. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wesley, you're so smart. Yeah, but too boy. Smart. Boy, all right. So he takes over engineering, and he put he uses his uh, tractor beam experiment to um, put up a force field. Yeah, and basically. lock everybody out of engineering. That was cool.
0: I don't know about cool. <sighs> that's a whooping. Like that's that's a you better undo this, um, or you better hope that you never undo this. Because if
1: I get to you, woo! It's not going to be. Oh, funny. and the captain's face on the bridge. Whenever the chief engineer showed up as "Quote unquote," ordered. Right, and then he hears over the intercom <laughs> that he is he is transferring power to Wesley. <laughs> to Wesley Crusher, acting Captain Wesley Crusher. Yes,
0: yeah, I um, no, can you get grounded on a on an, an Enterprise?
1: I, I think that that would be in order. Um, I mean, yeah. is
0: there a timeout?
1: I don't know what I would do. I would <laughs> I would like program the holodeck to be like the worst, you know, ugliest. <laughs> scene and just make you sit in there yeah because he, he needs to be grounded oh yeah he needs to, something something needs to happen with yes. him so um, of course the captain and him overcomes or talking about um, he, of course the captain wants his ship back he's like release it immediately and uh, Wesley doesn't really want to do that he makes kind of a good point though he tells the captain. Well, if you just tell me what you want me to do or what you want to happen, I'll, I'll make sure he I'll gets do it gets done. Yeah. He's like, but you don't run the, your own ship. Yeah. You have other people do it. I'm yeah. Like, oh, that is not a good enough point, sir. No. Mm-mm.
0: Again, it's um. You're you're lucky you're behind that little field you
1: got going on there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause I'm about to call your mama. <clears throat> She's
0: about to come get
1: you. Mm-hmm. So as all this is going on, we've got Riker and Data, and they're looking for the solution to this problem. Yeah. Riker tells Data, hey, listen, you know, I do remember vaguely something about someone showering with their clothes on. And uh, Data's like, oh, yeah, the body Geordi found mm-hmm. over on the mm-hmm. um, Silkovski." And Riker's like, I, yes, I believe it may have happened before. And Data's response is golden. He's like, to someone, somewhere, and Riker's like yeah get on that (laughs) so I was like I think we can all relate to an extent (laughs) yeah about um, things like this that people tell us that they need help with and they give us little or nothing to go on or nowhere to start and so I wanted to talk to talk a second about the leadership quality of managing ambiguity and and according to several sources this is one of the most desired competencies yeah in employees is the ability to manage ambiguity because you sort of have to roll with it
0: you know you can't mm-hmm. you can't expect too much from
1: any one time you just have to accept what you're given and roll with it and make it work right and you know it, it speaks a lot that this is a desired such a desired quality and it tells us that um, a lot of typical workplaces are dealing with this yeah. on a regular basis so yeah. this is something that you will have to deal with not only in the workplace but even in you know in your personal life too there's uh, times that you're gonna have to navigate situations mm-hmm. that where you're dealing with uncertainties and a lot of us have to deal with lack of clear direction and it's it's inevitable I believe it
0: is it is I find that um in my line of work, I work in healthcare and we often have that happen. And I work in a corporate healthcare setting, so you know, often I don't always get all the information. I just get enough or maybe not enough, but just just as much as I can to navigate where I am and then it's up to me to be resourceful and figure it out. But that's sort of where I um I feel like I shine because mm-hmm. if I know we, we're getting a new software and I've never worked on it, I'm literally going to get the name of that software, I'm going to go home, I'm going to Google it, I'm going to YouTube it, I'm going to do everything I can do to learn as much as I possibly can so that tomorrow when I go in, I'm a step up. You know, I'm a leg, or I have a leg up, I'm a, I'm a step ahead mm-hmm. and
1: I can navigate it better. Um... And, and I, think I, that's, I think that's brilliant. That's the way to handle it. You know, this, uh, ambiguity is going to happen, and you're going to deal with uncertainty all the time in yeah. whatever job you're in or even in life. And the trick is being resourceful enough to meet it head on.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, not being afraid of it. You have to, you have to sort of say, you know what, there are lots of things I can't control, but I can control myself. I can control my reaction. So my reaction is, okay, you know, there's new things with insurance coming down the pipe. Okay, let me let me learn as much as I can about it so that I'm prepared when it gets here. Um, and oftentimes you find in a corporate setting where um, maybe not all the information is passed down to you because it can't be. Right. You know, There may be changes happening, there may um, even be staffing changes happening and they cannot pass that information down to you because number one, you don't want all that information, trust mm-hmm. me, and number two, they, they, it's not written in stone. So they can't say, well, you know, X and X and X is gonna happen, because it may not. With any job, I think, in the corporate world or in, otherwise, it, there's an ebb and a flow. Mm-hmm. And so things are constantly changing um, based on what is happening in the moment.
1: Right, and you know, what's going to distinguish you as an individual or as an employee is your ability to Take that and, like you said, yeah. use it as an opportunity to shine yeah. because you're, instead of getting mad and throwing, you know, throwing a fit and saying, well, I don't have enough information to go on, you, you start digging for information. You start yeah. using the resources and and finding out how best to navigate that. And
0: you never freak out. Like, I, I will freak out in private. Maybe when I get home, right? I will, you know. And it's like know. even in an emergent, urgent situation, I will act first, and then I will go home and freak out, mm-hmm. you know, or I will, you know, handle the situation and then privately break down. Right. <laughs> but you know, you and then don't you just kind of kind of dust, yeah. You know, yeah. You, your boots I off mean, you feel it and then you move past it because mm-hmm. if you dwell on it, it creates that negative space and no one needs to live there Mm -mm. and I think that's where drunk people live is in that negative space where they don't have the governor so they're just doing and saying whatever they
1: want Mm -hmm. however the next day they have to face what they've done right so exactly well so you know one thing that I've learned about um, people in general and I'm in learning and development that's my in uh, my day job Mm -hmm. so the the two things that I try to always concentrate on when I'm developing um, any kind of training or any kind of training programs is that people work better when they know what to expect and what's expected. So even though what I'm saying is that yes, you're going to deal with uncertainty and ambiguity, make sure that when it's your turn to pass something on that you give as much information as possible, make your directions as clear as possible and so that people will know what to expect and what's expected
0: yeah and i do agree with that and also letting them know at the get you know from jump hey this is a constantly moving ever evolving mm-hmm. you know um position and there are going to be things that are just thrown at you and you may not have all the information and you get to decide how you handle that mm-hmm. but just understanding that change is inevitable and it's always um, It's always going to happen daily. Mm -hmm. You're going to have some little something that changes, some little process that changes, some little focus that shifts. So, you know, you need to really think about how you can handle that. And is this going to be the right place for you? Because some people don't adapt well to change. Right. They don't do well in that environment where they're sort of dangled dangled a little piece of information
1: and and expected to do yes. something with it. yeah yeah make sense of this please for me. Yeah it's I mean you have to learn to take the initiative and and clarify expectations if you're if you're uncertain and you know be resourceful. that's yeah. a, that's a huge thing. Anyway, that's great a little great. Um, so let's see we've done Tasha's stroll and Wesley's oh, engineering Lord. takeover then, one of the most interesting parts of the entire show, I think, is Data being sent to retrieve Tasha. <laughs> data got downloaded. Data got downloaded. Yeah. Oh, I, don't, I just don't even know how to feel about all that.
0: I, you know, I was a bit disturbed <laughs> because you you're introduced to Data and he's an android, but I and supposed to be emotionless. Yeah, but so so how's he even been affected by that? Why? Why does
1: he? why (laughs) why and Tasha okay so here's another one of the wait what yeah yeah Tasha's revelation yeah she um she
0: sort of drops these little nuggets these little um, truth bombs I guess about who she is as a character so she says you know that she'd been abandoned when she was five and that she had to learn how to keep herself safe from the rape gangs. And, and I'm not okay with that. And Mm-mm. so I don't understand what that is she's yet. She's dropping super
1: heavy information. Yeah, I'm
0: hoping that um, we get further into that later on. But And she's talking about, you know, I need kindness. I need love. Gentleness. I need, yeah,
1: gentleness. I, to the android. Yeah. And, has no emotion. And so. it happens to be drunk. Yeah. I'm sorry, I know I'm. I'm like, and is that,
0: did she do that? And here we go back to my question of. Would she have. Would she have had, you know, is she just acting out as an excuse? Because Data is emotionless. He is an android, yeah. and she can drop those truth bombs on him and have him not shoulder the burden of it. It's a safe place to yeah. unload
1: her yeah. revelations. Yeah they unloaded they unpacked quite a bit <laughs> they did unpack quite a bit and i'm you know i mean if he had been a human and a human coworker at that and she had unloaded these revelations yeah. i have you ever been on the receiving end of something that's yes that's so heavy. you know heavy and we, what do you want to do whenever someone does that
0: you want to fix it
1: you want to fix you want to help them fix
0: it you want to you want to solve it Um, you if they're hurting you want to make it stop If you know if they're in trouble you want to make it better you want to find a way to make it go away Mm -hmm. and I think that's the brilliance of of having a cohesive team is that we all sort of are in it for each other we're in it for ourselves but we have each other's backs and so we're there as backup and it's more than the
1: company yeah you're working with human beings and you know I think that the workplace has changed a lot just even over the last ten years and I'm going to thank the millennials for that. I really do believe that they had a lot to do with that. They are a collaborative type uh, mindset. They whereas are. Whereas my generation and generation before were more about staying climbing the lane. corporate yeah. ladder, staying in mm-hmm. your lane. Don't you know? Mm-hmm. Don't mess with my stuff. I'm not going to mess with your stuff, mm-hmm. and don't ask me anything, and I'm not going to ask you anything. They're not like that anymore. They're very collaborative and they're very complimentary on each other's work. Like. Um, if it comes to you know something that I'm not good at, I would be happy to say you know hey listen that's not my wheel in my wheelhouse nor is that mm-hmm. my strong suit but so and so is awesome at it and I think that my generation our generation has learned a lot from that type of attitude. Yeah, it is very collaborative. It is very a
0: um, a sort of environment where they do play to each other's strengths mm-hmm. and. And you're right I can think of jobs that I had ten years ago where management was different and Mm -hmm. it was not that way it was a very much a no, you were hired to do this job and this is where you need to sit and if you can't do it you need to go right and it wasn't
1: you know don't bring me. I'm not I don't pay you to have ideas yes yeah that kind of thing oh that's so annoying anyway that was kind of a you know rabbit chase but it is relevant because um, Tasha is bearing her soul to a coworker, and you know when that does happen. Remember that you're dealing with human beings. Yeah, these are people that have feelings and have families, and, and probably have stuff going on that you have no idea about because you know they don't get the water intoxication <laughs> flu bug. Poly water. Poly water poly water flu bug. And and tell all like Tasha did. So that was really heavy yeah. when Tasha revealed all that.
0: It was really heavy and. And I still, you know, I do wonder: Did she do that on
1: purpose? Because there weren't, there weren't any repercussions to what it was she safe, was doing. It was a safe place yeah. to do it. Yeah, could be. Well, after all this, we find out the cure doesn't work. This cure that they found uh, from the, the archives uh-huh. of the other of the earlier Enterprise that was captained by James T. Kirk, and it doesn't work. And so that stinks. They, yeah, shoot, she, uh, Doctor Crusher shoots Geordie with it. Nothing really happens. Mm-mm. And um, so now Dr. Crusher is infected and still continuing to try to fix this. And meanwhile,
0: yeah, meanwhile, we are getting closer to ever-present danger with this star imploding on itself.
1: Yes, star blows up, shoots a rock at Yes, you know, I don't know the velocity, but it's it's coming at the ship. <laughs> it was here, super and fast. It's big. It was big and it was fast. And it was big and it was fast and here it comes. Let's move. Let's yeah. move. And they can't move because well, you know, the isolinear chips are on the floor with Shimoto and he's, yeah, he's playing blocks like playing, um,
0: um, you know, Lincoln Logs with <laughs> with <laughs> some Jenga <laughs> with a computer chip and pretending nice. like it was confetti.
1: And so they are now in this incredibly volatile situation and it's you know imminent danger the rock is flying at them Uh, they are locked on thanks to Wesley to the yeah um, the Shilkovsky and um, but they can't move because the you know the helm is broken Mm -hmm. They can't dwarf can't do anything which Poor Worf. Poor Worf. Like, I'm just going to say, Worf
0: is the OG hero of this whole he episode. He didn't touch anybody, so he didn't get infected. <laughs> and he's the designated He's the designated driver. driver. So I'm just going to say that watching this episode, you now know what it's like to be a designated driver. Mm-hmm. And they accept cash.
1: Yes. Loads, or gifts.
0: buckets, yes. buckets of cash, Starbucks,
1: gifts. They're, be you kind need to, to them. Yes. You need to appreciate them. Yes. Or yes. your Uber driver, whatever you choose. But, yeah, Worf, Worf is the boss, man. He he doesn't get the intoxication stuff, and he's uh, he also doesn't get human humor. I thought that was pretty funny. I don't <laughs> get humor either. He just has no either. time for it. <laughs> he's just like, after, I'm giving after, zero yeah. S's about your stuff. Uh, I don't care. After Data's limerick. Oh. We're not even going to go there, but, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Data. Yeah. <laughs> the captain's like, yeah, 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 that's, that's enough, enough of that. Enough. <laughs> I'm going to cut you off. Um, so, Riker drags Data down to engineering to put the isolinear chips back. But, I mean, the the problem still remains. Data, whether we think he should be or not, is infected. Yes. And slower than he normally would be, which is still ten, ten times faster than a human. Right. So but not fast uh, enough. But not fast enough. And I thought it was funny because uh, Riker says, we've got eight or nine minutes left. Are we going to make it? And Data's like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. It's gonna take a little bit more time than we have. That's what he tells her. I'm I know. like, oh well, there you go.
0: I know. And then I'm like, uh, hold on, <laughs> hold the phone. <laughs> Number one, how are you infected? You ain't, do you have a brain? He does not. He has a positronic network. So what? Where's the polywater sitting on his positronic network? <laughs> I don't know. If you prick his finger, does he not leak? <laughs> <laughs> it's off the madness, <laughs> I was like, "Data, you done got you some in some quarters. You strutted and acted like and a Lothario, yeah. And then you're um, now drunken and unable to move as
1: fast as you think you should, or mm. we know that you should. So I'm guessing um, they rethought this <clears throat> after a while because um, Data is not supposed to have emotion. He, I mean, he does have a. A couple of human traits but emotion is something that he by his character is not supposed to have and Mm. in this he obviously does or he wouldn't have been infected or he wouldn't have been making the facial expressions (laughs) that he made or (laughs) staggering down the bridge of the enterprise but they i think they fixed that later but for this one i'm just gonna enjoy it it was fun it it was fun it It was was way out of character for him but it was fun yeah um so meanwhile now data's down there trying to put all these back captain Picard goes to uh, sickbay to Dr. see Crusher. Beverly, Beverly. Um, hops in the door. That was He, I was does. Like, <laughs> he does a little doing? skip. He had a hop, Captain. skip, and a jump. And then he leans over with his elbow <laughs> on the desk and he's like, Beverly. <laughs> She's like,
0: Jean Luc. And he's like, hey, that's Captain Picard to you. And she says, oh, okay, okay. Oh, if you're going to play that way, I'm oh. chief medical officer or you may call me doctor. Dr.
1: Crusher. That's right. Because she is putting it in perspective. And then she turns into the the cheerful drunk and she's, he's, she's like, I was about to do something. And he's like, were you going to test the cure? And she's like, oh, yes, Jordy, come with me. Wow. Let's, let's go. Yeah, that yeah. drunk. Let's oh. go. Let's go over here. Yeah.
0: I'm like, oh. And they're like all lovey-dovey, but it's sort of a cute lovey-dovey. It's like it a I'm cute. so flirty. But before, you know, before this happens, she actually takes him into his ready room and oh. she's like, um, I'm about to put it on you.
1: Yes, yeah, she did. <laughs> it, what, oh, hold on. Okay. I got another. Wait, what? <laughs> she asks, she tells him, she's like, You owe me. For, what was yeah, that? For what? Fresher? <laughs> For what? What are you going to put some
0: pressure on I'm calling like HR that?
1: again. HR's oh, HR ready. is going to be busy yeah. after this episode.
0: Starfleet, I hope you have good sexual harassment policies in place because yes, it's
1: running rampant in this episode. We're about episode. to send you some stuff over subspace. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she literally was like, I haven't had a man in... However many how his fault? And she starts to unzip her suit, and I'm like, whoop, where, where are we going with that? And what? that's what I'm, my question is like, how does he, how is that his fault? Yeah, and then he's like. <laughs> <laughs> that right? that, I can't get over it. I and don't even understand what yeah, that is. Yeah, so <clears throat> that compounded with him going yeah. in and basically, you know, being all up in her business and uh, can we talk about personal space
1: because people people have no personal space hold on we are talking about TV in the old days where it's like the 4-3 configuration and I've noticed this and now I can't unsee it because (laughs) they are always up on each other especially And I love you so much, Jonathan Frakes. Okay, you're like one of my favorite people if you ever happen to listen to this. But (laughs) you have not gotten a a grasp on the bubble. No. (laughs) Because you are always hovering over somebody. You got your leg hacked up on stuff. Yes. You're always hacking your leg on stuff. Peacocking. Oh. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. So they're really close to each other all the time. They are, and I think it's because
0: they work with miniatures on – on the set Mm -hmm. so a lot of what you see is actually miniatures Um, and in my research from these episodes i have i've come across you know okay well in this set they're working with miniatures what does that mean i don't know what that Um, is um like it's not a scalable size Mm -hmm. like it's not it's way little i guess like the set or what the props part of the set and part of the props um in certain scenes are miniature okay is what Is what it said and I don't know i maybe can do more research and be able to expound on this later but so that's kind of why I thought okay well maybe that's why they're all up in each other's personal bubble
1: they're cuddling up in that frame
0: (sighs) yeah sure they stay yeah yeah
1: I'm not okay with that see I'm gonna need 18 inches just right keep it back Uh, yeah I need cinema the yeah 69 <laughs> but when it you know when you enlarge it to that on your TV it cuts all the top of their heads off so yeah I'm really glad we went to a different size TVs because that that was kind of weird watching yeah. in a little box or at least it is now we didn't know any different then
0: no we didn't that was all we had
1: but the olden days <laughs> big
0: cathode raid tubes TV, oh, I don't know it weighed
1: 500 pounds uh. all right so um while they're you know flirting down there in <laughs> sickbay Bay. and testing the new cure which yes. finally works. works so uh she gives captain a hypo spray to take with him and she takes one and let me just say i really wish somebody would invent a hypo spray because it seems like every time you turn around on the enterprise that's what you get for anything i don't care if you got a broken arm yeah you got a headache yeah there's a there's a hypospray for
0: I need some hyposprays in my life. I want some hyposprays. Do they have hyposprays for
1: triple chins? They might. That would be the first thing we need you to invent whoever you are. Yeah. Somebody. I want the body of my 20 year old self. Oh a hypospray for that would be amazing.
0: Yeah. Or Maybe I would just spend some time on the holodeck.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So meanwhile in engineering Wesley is trying to figure out a way to do what he did with his own little miniature tractor beam and reverse it and turn it into a uh, what was it? Is repeller? Re- no, repulsor. Repulsor. Repulsor beam. So I love it because he's at the computer and he's like, um, "It's not hard. Why don't you just see it in your head?" I'm like, "Shut up, Wesley. Easy right. for you to say. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> but clearly not because he was
0: feeling himself and a little drunk. So he was mm. like, he just "You just do, oh wait,
1: yeah." But he's still a genius because yeah. he did it. He got he it did done. Do it he pushed off the uh, silkowski into the big rock that was hurtling at the enterprise and bought them a few seconds meanwhile picard is hypospraying data yes. which takes him from like 10 times the human speed to now 100 times, times it or yeah. whatever. and he managed to get manages to get all the isolinear chips put back into their proper positions the captain says warp engage engines and or engage warp or whatever and so warp warps the ship out of there yeah <sighs> They are out of harm's way.
0: Yes. Yes. We can all breathe a sigh of relief because no one is drunk anymore. Um, although, there are some looks of
1: remorse. There are some looks of remorse. Tell, yeah. Talk Tasha
0: about that. Tasha comes back onto the bridge and she is... Um, oh, she glances she, over her shoulder. Yeah, she mm. glances and then she looks down because it's that look
1: of shame. And... Apparently they remembered everything they did. Yeah, that kind of yeah. tells you that oh, they might have been. In, yeah, you can't use the blackout drunk. <laughs> they might have had the the drunk flu, but yeah, they still but remember. they were cognizant
0: of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she approaches Data and says, um, "Data, just say, you know, this never happened." Mm-hmm. And he he looks confused.
1: Yeah, don't get don't put yourself in that position, folks.
0: Yeah, don't do the android in the corner Mm -mm. leave him alone leave him unaccosted yes don't get drunk at work don't get drunk with your co-workers after work
1: yeah that's not a good look because you have to look at them in the eye the next day
0: yeah yeah or
1: answer to them worse yes it definitely you have to answer to them Mm -mm.
0: and I am not looking to get drunk with my boss no
1: no we don't do that not a good idea no um so Picard at the, at the very end, he's standing on the bridge, and he says to everyone, I think we shall end up with a fine crew if mm-hmm. we can avoid temptation. And yeah. therein is a, one of the lessons that we can take from that. You know, you can end up with a fine crew, but, you know, keep the... There has to be some yeah. boundaries. The, <laughs> maintain your bubbles. Yes. And don't get drunk with your coworkers. Yes.
0: yes. And for God's sake, please don't. Just don't. Mm-mm. If you think about doing it, don't don't think about looking about doing it. No, <laughs>
1: it's, you can't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. My other lesson, big lesson that I learned from it is um, from Jordy because he was, um, you know, he he had better vision than his crewmates because but he had been born born blind. He didn't see like we did. He saw better. He saw mm-hmm. a you know a full spectrum of everything, and in ways that we can't possibly imagine seeing. But he was. Um, sad that he couldn't see like we did so you know whatever it is that you have that you might take for granted be thankful for it be thankful for the things that you that you have every day and that you don't even think about anymore like your your vision or your um, ability to feel or touch or hear or you know just think or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be so if you have no sight and only sound be thankful for that if you can't hear but you can only feel be thankful for that And as Jordy said, however it is that you see the world, may it always be in shallow, dim, beautiful human ways.
0: Mm, That's good. And I also wanna add to that, that um, don't take at face value who people show you they are Mm, mm -hmm. um, because you don't really know. Right, like Tasha. Um, Like Tasha, she, there was a story there and we had no idea given You know how what we've seen of her thus far and you know clearly there was pain and there was anguish and there's abandonment and Mm -hmm. there you know every every little thing that people experience makes them who they are and who you're looking at today and whether that's a mask of who they want you to see Mm -hmm. or their true self um don't negate that right you know don't just buy into things as face value because i'm Depending on who I'm in front of, I'm not who, you know. There, there's more to me than what you see. Right. Let me just put it that way.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, we're dealing. Yeah, we're dealing with human being beings that have their own stories, and ninety percent of it, we have no idea what that story is. Yeah. So yeah, always keep that in mind. Maintain yeah. compassion. Treat people with kindness. Be kind. All right.
0: Yay!
1: Thanks for joining yeah. us.
0: Yes. Um. And before we leave, I want you to please leave us comments you can leave us audible comments. watch with us. Yeah, you know I encourage you watch with us tell us what you think. Tell us your life lessons that you picked up along the way or just a funny antidote right but keep it clean because some of us have feelings that we've discussed prior. I do not. I do <laughs> I do. All right, we appreciate you guys and we drop a new episode every week. so next
1: week I, is season one episode four. four code of honor code of honor so until next time hey kitty here we want to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast
0: rate review leave us a comment we love hearing from you till next time bye